0: WPHT, HD wogl HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the Free Odyssey app. From the Sherry
1: Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. 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 It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
2: And away we go, live on this Tuesday, October 10th. It is indeed Kale and Company here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number. Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale. K-A-Y-A-L. Dawn Stensland with the news. Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board. Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. Loaded show today. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Gregory. um Well, last night sucked. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too happy, honestly. How do you <laughs> let them off the hook? How do you let that, that rat uh, squad off the hook? I mean, you're up.
1: Four nothing, and then four to one, blew it. Yep. Zach, Zach Wheeler going, yep. lights out. But they left eleven runners on base. I mean, yeah, you can't do that. Painful. Look, look, we we all said that if they just split the series in Atlanta, this was this was a win for them.
2: Yeah, but you know what? I was greedy last night, and I wanted both of them. I want to have my 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 cake and eat it too. Well, we gave them momentum, and you know.
1: that's just not.
2: Terrible. We can't do that. It's fifteen just... to start that series, yeah. fifteen straight scoreless innings. Yep. They shut him out on Saturday and then the first five or six innings last night, they shut him out as well. Yep. And then something went terribly, terribly wrong. It's like Joe Biden going off the teleprompter.
1: Well, the I don't envy Atlanta coming here because nope. I don't I don't think any team wants to play in front of this fan base. That is correct. Because it is it is I can't imagine how intimidating it is for another team
2: going to be absolutely electric tomorrow night. John Brazier of the Phillies, uh, he'll join us at 9.30 this morning. We have all sorts of stuff to get to. RFK Jr. makes it official as an independent yesterday here in the city of Philadelphia. We have more fallout from Israel and Hamas, including a Philly voice writer for the Philly voice who gets fired. For sharing his thoughts you know, on that
1: debacle. You know, it's funny. I didn't even know the Philly voice was actually a thing. I didn't know it was still around, <laughs> to be honest. But really? it is. No, yeah. I did. I had no idea. I don't read that kind of stuff. Is it a free paper, Don? I think it's like a digital... I just
3: get it online. It yeah. used to be a print, but yeah. I just see... It. I, I do look at it, so... I, I remember they had... You
1: would walk down on, like, the corner of the street, and they would have those those uh, <laughs> little
2: newspaper things you could <laughs> yeah. open up. Yeah. That's what I remember the Philly voice being yeah. in. Okay. Very good. We're going to get to that. We are also going to get to the Philadelphia Inquirer, because if Joe Biden can't save democracy, apparently Taylor Swift can. I knew it was too good to be true. I didn't hear that damn name once on Sunday. And what do I got to see on Monday? More Taylor Swift. Locally, in this city, and not about concerts or dating a Kelsey, but about democracy. So we'll get to that. Kevin McCarthy in the news as well. More bad news for the Bidens. We have all sorts of good stuff today, including if you thought our Ohio school bus driver was epic and you might remember uh-huh. her. Where do you, you hear about a Long Island bus driver? A school bus driver. One of the greatest stories you will ever hear and actually scary if you're a parent but also funny simultaneously. Uh, we'll get to that as we continue this morning. But let's get down to the pertinent matters at hand. And for that, we go to the news. Round one at 6.05. And here is Don Stenzel.
3: And good morning this, yes, Tuesday morning, October the 10th. A chilly start to the day. Again, feeling like fall. But we are in for a lovely forecast, I shall just say to you. So this morning, let's talk about what's going on. A Philadelphia family, we've talked a lot about in Philadelphia, all of the crime, all of the carjackings and car thefts. But I'm going to begin with a Philadelphia family who is making a desperate plea, searching for the ashes of a loved one that were actually taken away along with when their car was stolen. So this is Heather Darby Donovan, her her teen daughters, Annalise and Michaela, and they moved to Philadelphia for a fresh start following the death of their father a few years ago. And so she actually it's just such a sad story. They moved to Delaware County to be here with family, and they actually have their their Jeep, their twenty fifteen dark gray Jeep Compass Latitude, the family vehicle that was stolen near Belmont and Wyalusing Avenues. This is it it was stolen from West Philadelphia. So it's Maryland plate number 4FF8952. And so the ashes not just of you know her her husband, the daughter's father, but also the two family dogs. They put all the ashes together in this urn which were in the vehicle.
2: <laughs> the, and it the was the remnants stolen. of an entire family yes. just snatched away.
3: So they're making a plea and I saw that this morning I thought oh my goodness. You know these so this is a plea from a family to the car thief please You know, just put the urn with the ashes someplace. Yeah. Why were they in
2: the car? Why were the ashes in the car?
3: What are you victim blaming? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I
2: mean, (laughs) you can can keep the eight-year-old jeep. Just give me Dad and the dogs back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know. Were they they coming directly from the funeral Uh, home? Because that's really the only uh, that's really the only excuse they have for keeping them in the
3: car. They're in the like back, and it's for yeah. Sometimes like, you just uh, want to take uh, Dad
2: and Dog out for some fresh air. Okay, you know? all right, cool, man. <laughs> yeah, this is like the episode of Marry with children when Marcy's aunt dies. And she that. brings the urn yeah. over to the barbecue. Yeah, nobody knows that. one. <laughs> See, everything goes back to yeah. that show. Yeah, two people get it. Uh, continue, continue, Dawn.
3: So we have. I'll update you in in a moment. I just wanted to start with some local news of what's happening on what's happening day four with the Israel war that's happening. But I will say hundreds gathering on the campus of the Perlman Jewish Day School in Wynwood last night, all in support of the war-torn country, obviously, of Israel. Many praying for what's going on over there and praying for their safety and a quick resolution. So they said that the last three days have been hell. And they many attend and say they have close ties in Israel, as well as family members worried about loved ones overseas. And among the supporters and attendees, Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro, who, of course, is is Jewish, he and his wife are Jewish. So they were there last night, Shapiro speaking out and condemning what he's calling horrific acts of war. So let's take you to, in fact, what's going on as we look at day four, at least 11 Americans among those 900 now, the death toll obviously rising overnight as we learn more information as we enter into day four. And as for as far as the militants there in Hamas, they are now saying that for every rocket that goes off unannounced into Gaza, uh, they will kill one of the 100 plus hostages, mostly women and children. Mm-hmm. So this situation, we, we know there's been a, a negotiation going back and forth. We've learned a whole lot of new information this morning, but it um, and of course yesterday morning at some point we had, I had reported that as you know they had shut down Israel had shut down all the power, water, you know electricity, food going in and out of that specific area known as Gaza, where all of the the Palestinians that are living.
2: Yeah. Sadly, I don't think you should be negotiating with these these insane individuals because okay, you might give something and get something, but what's going to happen 2 years from now? 5 years from now? Hamas is never going to go away. These these terror attacks against Israel are never going to go away. You can't negotiate with these people. You need to obliterate them.
3: Oh, I think Hamas is going to go away. I do. I think that I think they're going to
2: What? You mean, I mean like run?
3: Oh, no. Oh, okay. I think they're all dead. Yeah, I that's think what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, Netanyahu's going to just destroy yeah. everything in sight. Yeah. Yeah. I think you
3: At this
1: point, as he should. You can destroy Hamas, but, I mean, they're going to... The root of this comes back to their... Oh, yeah. Warped, uh, warped vision of their religion. Correct. You're no, not gonna- the root
3: is, Greg, the root is Iran. They're just being used and pimped by Iran, who didn't want the deal to be signed between Israel and... And the out.
2: It's just, but it's just like I said yesterday. It's like you kill Bin Laden, you don't end, you don't end any of that. You kill Saddam Hussein, you don't end it. It's just the next wave, the next group, the next bunch of young kids being, you know, programmed to think this way. So you
3: don't embolden Iran, right? That who uh, to me, I think all the evidence is going to come out. But Iran, we keep learning more and more. I mean, they allegedly uh, backed this whole situation, and reportedly, their officials actually helped plot it.
1: So you're with Lindsey Graham that we should bomb Iran? No. Okay.
3: No, I, I don't want war. No. I I I don't I don't want war. But I think it's important to understand that people with views like you're saying, Greg, who have extreme viewpoints, you know, are can can be triggered and used by this, but they will pay the price, and the people, the Palestinians, will pay the price.
2: You know what we should do, as Americans, as this country. We should stop doing business with everybody in the Middle East when it comes to oil. Saudi Arabia, any any place over in that part of the world that has oil, cut it off completely and do what Trump has said: drill, baby, drill. They'll they'll cooperate. They'll be they'll be they'll be better uh, better troops and soldiers then. shut them off financially. Stop purchasing oil from them. How about that?
3: Yeah. Well, that's we we embolden them, don't yep. we? Because we do. We keep on. We're 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 high quality customers. We're, a reason econ- we they, we're, we're the reason they're a
2: We're the reason they have an economy over there. Yeah.
3: My my teen son, I picked him up for school yesterday. He goes, you know, how much would it? How much that we're spending on all these wars? What if we just wouldn't it be cheaper to just get everybody's solar panels on their rooftops and drill our own oil and mm-hmm. gas and everything? It'd probably be cheaper than all the money we're giving to all these yeah. other countries.
2: And then dump the rest of it into Kensington and clean that area. Jeez. <laughs> oh,
3: uh, and, you know, we've talked a lot about the fact that Joe Biden hadn't been around much. They had the barbecue on Saturday. He was MIA. They said, oh, they had a lid. And everybody's saying, why do they have a lid? Well, now we know why, because Justice Department Special Counsel Robert Hur, who's investigating, you know, the classified documents found at President Joe Biden's former office in D.C. and at his home more locally in Delaware, interviewing the president, that announcement from the White House yesterday, calling it a voluntary interview, but it explains, perhaps, why the uh, why the president was MIA Sunday and Monday for those interviews.
2: And did I read it correctly yesterday that he shut it down yesterday at 11.51 a.m.? most days he typically works noon to 4 but i guess with the continuation of these classified documents uh, conversation he was up a little bit early on monday to address that <laughs> and then he's like yeah i'm not coming out to speak today i'll get to you guys tomorrow on israel and hamas
3: yeah so to me i i don't know when it was planned and i my initial reaction to your point was so rather than talk about your failed policies that and your buddy buddy relationship with Iran that has created a catastrophe, mm-hmm. chaos, and war in the Middle East. You'd rather talk to the special counsel,
2: that's correct, for two days. But it was just a kind of buddy buddy conversation, it wasn't really intense, there wasn't a lot of grilling of Joe.
3: Well, uh, and of course, yesterday, I know we're going to talk about this, but Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in Philadelphia with an enthusiastic crowd and announcing that he's no longer running as a Democrat. So I know we'll we'll talk about that. I'll just headline it for you. RFK Jr. in Philadelphia running the steps like Rocky in Philadelphia. So we got that going on. RFK in Philadelphia. So much to talk about. And yes, our Philadelphia Phillies blew that big 4-1 lead. And so we lost to the Braves, and they're bragging about their historic double play, capping a big comeback. And so it was an improbable double play that was sparked by Michael Harris II, capped the Braves' dramatic series time comeback, Game 2 of the National League Division Series last night against our Phillies, Braves clinging to a 5-4 lead.
1: Here's how it uh, ended from our sister station, 94 WIP. Iglesias
0: at the belt. Long hold, now the two two swing and a fly ball right center field, it's deep, Harris going back to the track near the wall, he will jump and he makes the catch, Harper's around second, has to double back through the infield, he'll slide into first, he's out, it was Austin Riley who took the throw from Michael Harris and he throws out Bryce Harper who took a gamble and lost, and so have the Phillies, Five four, the Braves win it here in Game Two.
2: That was a hell of a play by Michael Harris and a painful double up. I know Harper gambled a little bit, but five four, your last up, your yeah. last at bat, you got to go for it. I don't blame him. But at all it's the it's the yeah. buildup and the mistakes before that, and the collapse and the blowing of the lead leading up to that. That was painful. That
1: was it. That was a hell of a play though. It
2: was by the Braves. That Harris kid is good. He's really young too. All I mean, right.
1: look, it's 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 the one. It's one game. Yeah. we will take we both of, from of them here, and then it's yeah. over. Right? It's it's just the they had them, and you tweeted it perfectly. Of course, it didn't age well, uh, but you tweeted it perfectly. Uh, you know, finish them. Yeah, you know I, what know. I mean, like they had the chance to finish them. Correct. There was no chance that they were going to uh, win the series if. Um, if they were coming back here no.
2: to Philadelphia. It's a repeat of last year where yeah. they had them down again, but you know, they could and by the way, this is best of five. We all know that. I've checked it. we've double sourced <laughs> it. It is a best of five. It's not I a best that. of seven. Yeah. So it can end here in Philadelphia in two games. Yeah.
3: So tomorrow before sundown, Citizens Bank Park, South Philadelphia, Phil's return for Wednesday for, for uh our big, you know, home return as you're talking about, right? So let's talk about it. Today we have sixty six degrees. But for your Wednesday as the Phil's return, we've got Wednesday 70 degrees. So it's going to be beautiful weather wise. Yeah. Wednesday seven degrees, sunny. Thursday 72. And then Friday 69, all s- mostly sunny skies, beautiful days, beautiful for baseball. So the NBC 10 forecast looks uh, like a lucky, perfect forecast for our Phillies return home. Just as Nikhale said, finish it, mm-hmm. finish it home. And I'm finished. With the news. That's you know, I'm Kaling Company
2: news I'm finished with the show too. Let's go home. Let's just pull <laughs> it 6, <John? 17, laughs> six seventeen. Let's Bye-bye. get out of here like John Fetterman would. We'll call we'll call it an early day like Joe. <laughs> we can put a lid on uh the show okay, at six seventeen. I, I see what oh. you did there. All right, let's get to a Tuesday big take.
0: The big take on Kalen Company. All
2: right, the big take this morning. Don't get it wrong. RFK is no friend to the right. You know, breaking up can be hard to do, parting ways with family can be even tougher. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. knows what that is like. Yesterday, right here in the city of Philadelphia, RFK Jr. left the party that his family defined for generations. In a historic announcement, Kennedy officially launched his presidential campaign as an independent against President Joe Biden after the DNC basically shunned him from a primary, not allowing RFK Jr. to attempt a primary, the 46th president of the United States. His campaign began in April, but he was clearly viewed as The establishment annoyance and was never offered Secret Service protection. RFK Jr. has gone as far as saying that Democratic officials are conspiring to rig the primaries against him, citing his familiar blend of half-truths and outright fabrications, so says NBC News. And while RFK Jr. is a cancel culture victim himself, believes in free speech, and has had strong stances against certain vaccines for certain diseases, make no mistake about it, he is no friend to the right. He is more of a classic liberal with some radical ideas. He's kind of like Bill Maher, or perhaps even like podcaster Joe Rogan. The truth is, he is going to work against the far-left progressives and all of the woke nonsense, which will steal votes from Joe Biden, whose party has been hijacked by Squad Dems, but he's also probably going to have more of a negative impact on Donald Trump and the Republican Party. Here was RFK Jr. yesterday in Philadelphia. Watch and listen.
0: At hotels and malls on the street, and they remind me that this country is ready for a history-making change. They're ready, they are ready to reclaim their freedom, their independence. And I, I saw that, and that's, right. is that and that's why I'm here today. I'm here to declare myself an independent candidate. Yeah!
2: Now more than ever, according to polling data, it appears that America is ready for a third party. One poll showing that 63% of Americans would support a third party. But who would be the face of it, and where does the money come from? RFK may have the name, but he doesn't have the voice, and that's not a shot at him. And he's already been smeared by the left, the media, and the establishment. In my opinion, a moderate Democrat or a moderate Republican with a huge bankroll, huge name value, charisma, and leadership in this day and age could be an unstoppable force, especially in the day and age of far-left versus far-right politicians, which have overtaken both sides of the political spectrum. But today's focus should be solely on Republicans and Trump supporters not taking a victory lap with RFK Jr. rising up and stepping out from the DNC, but a legit concern for the 45th President of the United States. According to Politico, recent polling shows that he is the most formidable independent since Ross Perot. In their column in Politico, they say Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is poised to be the most formidable independent presidential candidate in almost 30 years. And already, operatives in both parties are moving to head off the impact. A combination of his famous name and widespread voter dissatisfaction with both likely major party nominees, puts him in position to earn the largest share of the vote for an independent candidate since Ross Perot drew nearly 19% in the 1992 election. Now, given the recency of Kennedy's flirtation with an independent bid, there isn't a lot of polling testing a three-way race with President Biden and former President Donald Trump. But in recent weeks, two polls have found Kennedy at 14% when included as a third option with Biden and Trump. And in a tight race in which every small advantage matters, both parties are anxious about how Kennedy could draw from their coalitions. Allies of President Biden have called his independent candidacy dangerous. And the Republican National Committee, conscious of how he has drawn on the anti-vaccine crowd amongst its base, is already highlighting Kennedy's liberal policy positions, eager to stamp out any support he might garner on the right. And Kennedy's support so far is coming roughly evenly from Biden and former President Donald Trump. But third-party candidacies can be unpredictable. And Kennedy's anti-vaccination stance gives him more room to draw from Republicans than Democrats. And Democrats aren't excited by Biden's campaign. We know that. And many say they wish he wasn't running again. We also know that. But Kennedy likely isn't the right candidate to pull them away. And in the course of the campaign, it's probably more likely that Kennedy's independent bid would ultimately hurt Trump. While Kennedy was in Philadelphia, Trump was in New Hampshire. Let's hear from Donald Trump on the dilemma facing America as World War III looks far more likely than it ever has. Listen and watch.
0: In very, very grave danger of having a World War III. And this will be a war. This will be a war of obliteration. This will not be a war with, I say, army tanks going back and forth shooting at each other. This is the real deal. And we have a man that. Uh, he, he can't even walk off a stage. He walks off a stage. He finishes his speech. He lo- looks, oh, uh, well, he can't find. He has no idea. You know, there's always a stair there, a stair here. You could even walk off the front, jump or something, do something. <laughs> he usually walks to the back into a wall. Yeah, <laughs> there's a wall there. He walks right into a wall. Can't walk off a stage, can't put two sentences together. And yet he's negotiating with President Xi of China. Who, when I say he's very smart, the press, look at that's a lot of press back there. That's a lot. So, for him to negotiate with President Xi of China is like my high school football team playing the, let's see, what's a good team nowadays? Philadelphia's good. So, you know, they change a little bit. I used to say New England, I used to say the Patriots. I'd, I'd love to be able to say the Patriots. He's a great guy, great coach, but uh, they're having a little hard time. But uh, what's going on with the Patriots, huh? But he is—he's a great—he's a great coach, and he'll fig—he'll figure it out somehow. He's going to figure it out. But that was not a good game last night, was it, huh? But it's like uh, playing a professional team. It's uh, ridiculous for him to be negotiating with these people. These people, I got to know more. They're at the top of their game. They're at the top of their game. And we have somebody that 30 years ago wasn't at the top of any game.
2: You know, Trump is right about World War III. He is right about Biden. He's also right about the Eagles and the Patriots, but I digress. The Trump team, well aware of RFK Jr.'s impact. In a column on Friday, former President Donald Trump's 2024 campaign is reportedly planning a series of attacks against soon-to-be-independent, now officially independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as Team Trump becomes, quote, anxious that Kennedy could take more votes away from Trump than President Joe Biden. Semaphore spoke to several Trump allies on Friday who reported they are anxious about Kennedy now that he will supposedly be dropping the DNC logo in favor of an independent presidential run. We saw that become valid and official and formal yesterday here in Philadelphia. The Trump team saying, quote, We're going to be dropping napalm after napalm on his head, reminding the public of his very liberal views. Dating back to 2012, one unnamed source told the news outlet, quote, we have a lot of stuff on him. Another source saying it's, quote, single digits, but it's enough where it counts to make a difference. While a Trump aligned operative said, quote, he used to be a fun plaything to hurt Biden. Now he is something that could hurt the GOP. And also in another article on Mediate, yet despite the simplicity of the argument that a Democrat running as an independent will hurt Biden in 2024, Kennedy is no ordinary Democrat. His views on issues like COVID and Ukraine, expressed at length in countless appearances on Fox News and right-wing podcasts, align neatly with the beliefs of the current Republican Party. That fact has led Trump supporters in the media to fret that he could pose a greater threat to the former president than the current president. As a Kennedy campaign insider insider put it to media, quote, MAGA folks are upset over this news, end quote. The reality is this, it's a numbers game. Dems outnumber Republicans, mainstream media outnumbers conservative news media, social media and big tech collude against the GOP. And now RFK Jr. is officially a fly in the ointment, so to speak. He takes he definitely takes votes from Biden and while he won't win anything, he could ultimately cost Trump the victory. And that's The Big Take. The Big Take
0: on Kale & Company.
2: All right, big take this morning. If you want to jump in, 855-839-1210, the phone number on social media at 1210 WPHD, And, of course, on YouTube, just go to youtube.com slash at 1210 WPHD. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and be a part of the Kalen Company comment community. We'll come back, get thoughts and reactions to RFK Jr., also Kevin McCarthy in the news, and we continue with... Day number four of the coverage of Israel and Hamas. It's Kale and Company live here on a Tuesday morning. Nick, Dawn, and Greg, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is the Kale and
1: Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the Free Odyssey
2: app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick, Dawn, and Greg. Get us on the Free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. 855 839 1210 Is how you climb in. So, day number four of what is going on in the Middle East with Israel and Hamas. And I kind of wanted to look at it from a little bit of a different perspective this morning. You know, we talked about our initial reaction yesterday. And, you know, the left, I believe, has really shown their true colors here. What do I mean by that? So, both from a politician standpoint and a media standpoint... But let's just look at it from the politician standpoint first, and then we will get to one of the local angles to this as a 76ers beat writer for the Philadelphia Voice who felt compelled to tweet about Israel and Palestine. Apparently said the wrong thing, and he was immediately zipped like that, canceled, and fired. And I'll tell you why I think it is the right decision uh, coming up in just a moment. But 11 Americans have now been killed. 900 have been murdered. And if this was Donald Trump or any Republican in office, and the pre- and this starts occurring, let's say Saturday morning, the news breaks. Very early East Coast time here in the United States and Donald Trump waits until Tuesday at 1 p.m. to address this, what do you think the networks are talking about? How can this guy go over 80 hours before making his first public appearance and giving a statement? Joe Biden will address the media today at 1 o'clock, because as we know, Joe typically does his the bulk of his work between noon and 4, even when there's like you know wars going on across the globe. And then yesterday, Obama finally breaks his silence. We told you on the show that, The Clintons had been mum. Obama had been quiet. It took Barack Obama 72 hours to tweet about this yesterday and condemn the horrific acts and, you know, thoughts and prayers and all the same cliched BS talking points. But by the way, Obama responded much quicker when Russia attacked Ukraine. Oh, he had a tweet up within 24 hours. But, you know, 72 hours for Israel, I don't know, Michelle's probably on a yacht in a boat in another country in Greece or something having a good time. Uh, so you have Joe goes 80 hours, Obama goes 72 hours, and it's almost like, I don't know, the left for some reason, and we know the way they operate, the way they work, and we saw some of the posters and signs and protests, I mean, I don't understand the support. It's one thing if you want to support a nation, right, or a collective group of people. This is not meant to say that all Palestinians are terrorists, because they're not. But how do you sit here and make, like, the case for Hamas if you are an American and a left-winger or a Democrat? I don't get it. How can you sit here and try to, like, almost argue your own beliefs of, well, I'm not really against the terrorists? What?
1: Well, they would argue that they're not, making, uh, they're not making excuses for Hamas. or making excuses for the Palestinian people.
2: Yes. Okay. It just seems Except- I see a lot of these signs, and I'm like, we stand with pa- – I'm like, <laughs> it's a hotbed for grooming terrorism. I mean, you're t- – Yes. They, for, for hundreds of years now, they have – and I'll use the word – they have tried to exterminate an, an entire population. It's sick. These are warped individuals. And again, not all of them, obviously. The the, the the radicalized terrorists. But it's like, the I don't know, the left is always outraged about, like, equal rights and mm-hmm. diversity, equity and inclusion, Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, LGBTQ plus rights. And it's like, uh, what, Jewish people don't have a right to defend their land from invasion? I don't know. I just look at it as, like, very hypocritical from the left. They're the first ones to play the offended and under attack. Everything's under attack to the left, right? democracy, gay rights, minority rights, you name it. But, boy, when it when it comes to Jewish people, it's like, well, yeah, Palestine. Uh, I kind of see their point. I don't. So I just wanted to get into that a little bit. Yeah, they seem to want to look at it from both sides
1: uh, yeah. more often than not. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the, problem, <clears throat> the problem I have is is that aside from the the Jewish people in Israel, Israel. Uh, y- y- the, the, the entire Middle East is a hotbed for terrorism. Yeah. It just is. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you annihilate Hamas and then ISIS or something else mm-hmm. pops up somewhere else. Yeah. So, like, it's not, you know, it's just th- this this problem is something much larger mm-hmm. than just Hamas or right. ISIS or, you know, uh, Saddam Hussein's Iraq, all but, All of that stuff. This is like this is this is a this is the problem that, that these people have been fighting for centuries. Yes. And it, it's you they know, still
2: battle like it's biblical times. Exactly which is just, like, there's there's been no evolution. Yep. And this administration will come out and say, well, you know, for the last 20 years, it's the most peaceful it's been over there, the most stabilized it's been in two decades. And then a couple of days later, kaboom, here comes Hamas. And then there's this article out there, and we talked about this yesterday. Um, we mentioned how this really feels like an intelligence failer, a failure mm-hmm. uh, from Israel as well as the United States. Like, how could something this massive, this big, just go completely under the radar? It had been plotted and planned since... August so they they spent six to eight weeks and nobody picked up on anything chatter, communication uh, however they were plotting and planning this, Yesterday, Tucker Carlson drops a new episode on X, and he had, and it was all about Israel and Hamas. About six minutes into it, he welcomes on his guest who was Vivek Ramaswamy, because as we know, Vivek life loves his camera and his mic time. And he said, "Well, he's a presidential candidate. I know, but he's just a, he's a he's a media whore. He's everywhere. <laughs> He'll never turn down an interview. We could ask him to come on right now. He'd hop right on. He'll let me get a cup of coffee, Nick. I'll call me back. Tell, tell Stalker to call me back in five minutes." He comes on and he says, what people need to start questioning is, and this is what we said yesterday, and you know we're 24 hours ahead of it on Vivek, uh, how this intelligence failure happened. And then there's this article on how Israel was duped mm-hmm. as Hamas planned the devastating assault. And a source provided many of the details for the account of the attack and its buildup that had been pieced together by Reuters. Three sources within Israel's security establishment, who, like others, asked not to be identified, also contributed to this account, saying, quote, Hamas gave Israel the impression that it was not ready for a fight, said the source close to Hamas, describing plans for the most startling assault since Yom Kippur 50 years ago when Egypt and Syria surprised Israel and made it fight for its survival. Quote, Hamas used an unprecedented intelligence tactic to mislead Israel over the last few months by giving a public impression that it was not willing to go into a fight or confrontation with Israel while preparing for this massive operation. So they basically, like Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope Joe Frazier in the first fight, they totally fooled Israel, saying... Yeah, we're not. Like, think about that. I mean, that's like sitting there. You're in the schoolyard with a, like somebody that's the bully. And the bully says, yeah, I'm not really ready. Why don't we wait till recess the next day? And then surprise sucker punch comes and you're caught off guard. This seems like Hamas was very calculated, yet they gave a very entry-level excuse or the impression that this would not happen. And Israel and any of its allies bought it hook, line, and sinker. That's what I gather from all of this, which makes me want to go like, and okay, you want to say tinfoil hat, whatever. Like, was this allowed for some reason? Was this like a stand down by design to further escalate and get into a global conflict? Because you can't be this foolish, right? We hear about Israel's weapons and their intelligence. You know, they're not a third world country. It's a third world part of the world for sure with all the death and destruction and the fact that they don't acknowledge females and gay rights and it's a crime to be a homosexual and they'll, they'll decapitate you. But like that, that's the excuse that Israel was given, or given, and they bought it. I don't know. It seems like a very low-level um, excuse to give somebody, and you can dupe somebody, and then you commit the biggest atrocity since 1973 or going back even further to the Holocaust. Damn, if I know, I don't know.
3: I, my, my impression of these groups, and, and again, I'm just going to say we didn't, we haven't talked about these groups in a, in a while because under the previous administration, we didn't have to. Yeah. So let let's just let's just give perspective here, mm-hmm. um, because Trump shut it. He listened to his generals. He shut it down, and we didn't hear from these terrorist groups because they knew they were going to get the Moab if they did anything stupid like this. So Hamas to me is the lesser. I think part of the reason that they were underestimated—they're the dumb and dumber <laughs> of terrorist groups and I, of militants. I really think that.
2: You're comparing them to Hezbollah. Yes. Yeah.
3: Because think about it. I mean, and both are funded by Iran. Yep. But the fear everybody had, and I think, I think while we, I think we reported this, I believe while we were still before uh, before ten o'clock yesterday morning you know everybody was saying hopefully Hezbollah doesn't get engaged and then phew, we saw mm-hmm. that they were shooting rockets from Lebanon and yeah. they yep they're engaged mm-hmm. and that's what Iran wanted but Hezbollah certainly um you know they're the they're the ones that Israel was worried about right because they are more organized they're a, a brighter bunch let's say they've got it together and as well you look at their armaments they've got the serious rockets Mm -hmm. and the serious artillery
2: right and then if you think about this and this is kind of a uh i don't want to go too deep into the weeds but you look at that entire section of the world and of course there are peaceful muslims there are a small group of christians that are from the middle east and then there's the radicalized terrorists so you've got hamas you've got hezbollah you've had al-qaeda You've had ISIS. Obviously, you start going into Afghanistan and Pakistan, and you had the Taliban. And there's this collective uniformity of the common belief that Israel needs to be eliminated, that the United States and the West is evil, that Islam is the religion of choice that they want to basically push on the entire world, and they don't want to hear from Christians or any other religious denomination and you think about all the nations, Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Iran, and you have these factions throughout that entire region. And then, of course, you see here uh, on Sunday, you see Palestinian people in New York, in Philadelphia. Now, those could just merely be people of Palestinian des- uh, descent that are supporting their nation. But if you don't think for a second that some of those radicalized portions of those people are in this country illegally plotting something, and there's not a sleeper cell that is has the goal. Let's just say the goal, because I, I don't have intelligence. I don't know what's being planned, but the goal and the vision for death and destruction to the West. Then you're sadly mistaken. That you haven't learned a darn thing in 23 years since the summer before 9/11, when the buildup was happening in July, in August before 9/11. Like these things don't just don't come together overnight. You know, they just don't jump on uh, the WhatsApp messenger like a Biden and say, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow? You want to blow up a bunch of crap?" No, they plan and plot this stuff. And That's why we have counterintelligence and FBI and all these people in the federal agencies, both abroad and domestically.
1: the The heart of the matter in this whole thing is that there's a large portion. There's a large portion of the Middle East that doesn't think Israelis have the right to exist. Correct. And I just don't know how you, I don't know how, like, they are, to me, the strongest people I've ever seen because I don't know how you exist mm-hmm. in a land where literally everybody wants you dead. Right. Everybody wants you dead. Don't, doesn't think you should be there. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is, it is, the, and, and it's been like this forever. Yeah. So, like, what do you, how do you combat that? Cause there's, like I said, you know, you can cut the head off a snake being Hamas,
2: mm-hmm. but then then another then another one's going to pop up and then this right. group's
1: going to pop up and yep. then that group's going to pop up.
2: Yeah. Which goes back to my point earlier about you know, when you look at the left, all the left does in this country is talk about racism. And I've lo- I've been adamant, and I stand by this statement for a year and two weeks on this show now, I think the demand for racism in this country far out exceeds the supply. So I don't understand how the left can basically always bring up racism in this country, yet find a way to compartmentalize and not talk. Because, Greg, you just mentioned it. I would argue that there is more hatred globally for jewish people with what we're talking about with forever then far far outweighs anything in this country with racism towards any minority group far and away yeah and i i i can't prove it i can't quantify it's just my belief and i stand by it and it's just sad and then once again, uh actually, you know, before we get to this local story, let's get to Vivek because again I'm still flummoxed by the uh intelligence failure both with Israel and with the United States. Uh Vivek was on the newest edition of Tucker on X yesterday. And uh Tucker did about a five or six monologue a five or six minute monologue on it, and then had Vivek on to talk about that, and he talked about what we've mentioned yesterday, the Intel failure what the hell went wrong with us and israeli intelligence and the israeli defense that allowed this to happen everybody seems to be punting that as a question for later I think it's a question for now if you're Israel. I mean, look, I think that Nikki Haley – I disagree with you a little bit there. I don't think she's a child. I think that she is somebody who is, like many politicians, in a position to get wealthier from war, look at the military contracting business and otherwise. But put that to one side. The message that I would send would be very different. Get to the bottom of what allowed this gaping hole of intelligence and defense to even happen before feeding that same beast. If a doctor told you his job was to keep you from getting cancer and then you got that cancer, don't go trust that same doctor to remove your tumor. Yeah, and that's kind of my point that I was hinting at earlier uh, about five or ten minutes ago. This level of intelligence, of a, this kind of failure, tells me that this was, I don't want to say a stand down by any stretch, but like he just mentioned with Nikki Haley or any of these Republicans that are pro war, the old school Republican that love to be in conflict, that love to be overseas. War is profitable and money is the root of all evil. That, to me, is something that I think should be being discussed this morning and all week long because it's 2023 Israel is backed financially by this country in many regards. They have very sophisticated technology, military equipment. And keep in mind, when you look at that map, they're surrounded by a bunch of people that don't like them, right? It's like being a cowboy fan at the 50-yard line at Lincoln (laughs) Financial Field. You got a bunch of Eagle fans that don't like you. So how do you allow that to happen? Beyond me.
3: No, I think to the point of religion and why religion plays a part of this, not that I'm going to get too deep into this, but I'm just saying that the the you know America, you know by and large is a is a Judeo Christian country, correct? And so if you, whether you believe the Old Testament, whether you're a Jew, because in the Christian eyes, right, it's the Old Testament, the New Testament, mm-hmm. but Christians by and large believe that the Jews were enslaved and were were expelled if you think of exodus they were expelled out of their homeland and that they deserved it's biblical and it goes all the way to revelations Mm -hmm. the final chapter in the in our christian bible right that says uh the jews will return to israel their promised land by god and so part of this to greg's whole point about religion if if you're somebody who looks at this and go man religion really messed us up as a world Mm -hmm. yeah it's true because, as Americans, as as a Christian, I absolutely believe that that's their homeland. That God promised them that homeland, and so uh, I think Christians and Americans, whether you're Jewish or Christian, believe they belong there. That's their homeland. Yeah. And after the hor- the horrors of Hitler, right? Everybody said, you know what? The right thing to do is do what God said. Return them to their homeland mm-hmm. where they were they were kicked out of their promised land and they were in they lived in slavery right mm-hmm. and they need to be returned to that area yeah so so for if you want to look at the complete whole view of this I think as Americans that's why everybody's saying like we stand with Israel mm-hmm. because God says so yeah now if you don't believe in God then you go man that's really messed up because right. God thinks uh, all the Jews after Hitler should have come to america come to miami mm-hmm. and be safe here in america right and forget forget this whole thing right because that would have been like logical and safe right but that's not what we do
2: yeah and, I'm and not, so this uh,
3: is an ancient battle yeah
2: and i'm not saying anything that our audience probably or, doesn't or, or, right. already know already <laughs> Because we we have a very intelligent audience, but this is not your typical war over a territorial dispute. Although that's certainly a part of it, this is not necessarily just about oil. I mean, this is like to your extent with the bringing in the Bible and, and religion. This is a holy war. Like this is a, is Islam versus Judaism. This is I mean, this is going back hundreds and thousands. I mean, this is biblical stuff. And like, so when people that don't pay attention to this see this and make uneducated comments you know okay i understand maybe not everybody's a scholar on it and i certainly am not but like this this is very deep this is next like this is not your typical you know this isn't like russia ukraine this there's a different um uh, a higher fever pitch to it a different tenacity to it because it's rooted in much more deeper stuff than just you know territorial disputes or nato or anything that is Russia-Ukraine related. This is Russia-Ukraine 10 times over on steroids, and it's been like that for a long time.
3: Yeah, and I will say, as far as pal- the Palestinian conflict, as far as Palestinians, if you think about, and I was looking up how much land it is, 2 million Palestinians live on 140 square miles. So it's the most densely – we think – we talk about New Jersey being it's like, the It's the like most, New York City. <laughs> yeah, but you, you think about New Jer- – we talk about New Jersey as the most densely populated state. Yeah. Think about this. Two million people It's the most densely populated territory on earth. I haven't had the blessing of traveling to the Holy Land, but everybody says that for the Palestinian people, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whatever it is, everybody's scrunched into this tiny piece of property, essentially – and so the feeling is that they're the lessers, that they are demeaned and demoralized. Mm-hmm. In, in, and so there's, and there, so there's that. It's very territorial. And so, yeah, it's the whole situation is not a good setup.
2: Yep. I agree. 855-839-1210. The phone number will come back, kick off hour number two with some news from Dawn. And then this conflict hits home locally as a 76ers beat writer for the Philly voice decides to voice his opinion and show his support to one side, and it cost him his job. Apparently, he didn't get the edict of stick to sports. It's Kale and Company, hour number two, coming up next here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT.
0: It's Kale and Company, on demand,
1: from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app.
3: Join me for 12 magical days in luxury with the professionals. Nobody does it better than conservative tours. Yeah, if I'm putting my good name on this, not just to talk about it with you, but with my husband, with my sons, we're all going. This is our big trip of a lifetime. We've always promised our sons that we we would take them someplace amazing. And this is amazing. Southern Italy, gastronomical tour, the most beautiful coastline in the world, the Amalfi Coast. And with a little help from my friends at Conservative Tours, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, They are the top, the best tour operator in all of Italy, because you know what? Nobody does it better. They will take us to all the best-kept secrets, and we're even going to take the high-speed jet foil to the Isle of Capri. I've seen videos of this. You know, it feels like you're kind of flying over, skimming those Mediterranean, Mediterranean turquoise blue waters. Okay, here it is, 5267. That includes your airfare. It includes luxury hotels fabulous dining events we're going to be talking about this years from now and you will be too but you know what you're going to be regretting it years from now if you don't call right now toll free 888-733-9494 you can go to conservativetours.com you see my picture there and the full itinerary just to give you some highlights at least best kept secrets we're talking the Abbey of Monte Cassino, Puglia, Medieval Caserta, Sorrento, Pompeii. Of course, all the ancient sites, and that'll be the Colosseum in Rome. Ah, oh, I can't wait. you got to join me next spring in Italy. I'll see you on the Isle of Capri. How does that sound? Call now, 888-733-9494, conservativetours.com.